And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I'm your host, Heath, and we have a very special episode for you today. Today with me, I have my amazing co-host, Michael. Michael, how are you doing today? Heath, sharing is caring. Hmm, that's a good word for the future. Or for the now. <laughs> Either way, it's <laughs> a good word. <laughs> I also have with me today, um, Lily. Lily, how are you doing today? Howdy, I'm doing really good. How are you doing, Heath? I am doing amazing. Thank you very much for asking. That's good. Yeah, and of course, before we get too much further into things, guys, shout out to Destiny Music, Rachel Stormit, for the music that's playing down below us today. Uh, we just love those guys so much, and thank you for allowing us to use your music and, well, really, whatever else we needed, according to Rachel. So we got that going for us. Also, um, let's get some housekeeping stuff out the way. Make sure to check out rmr.live. Almost pulled a Michael. rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about <laughs> the show. There is a contact us form, submit feedback, uh, comments, suggestions, be a guest, recommend a guest. Heck, we don't care if you need to contact us. Use that form. And if you need prayer, there are two ways that we can partner with you in prayer. The first, of course, is on the website. There is a prayer request form or a praise report form. If you want to share some of those with us as well, you can. Or you may write us at prayer at rmrr.live. And while you're checking out stuff online, you may also want to pop by the RMRR merch store. That's right. Rocky Mountain Fire Radio and Waymaker Ministries does merch have store. a merch store for items such as maybe we can get it on the camera. There it is. The tumbler I drink out of on the show. Uh, Michael's got a t-shirt. Ethan's got water bottle t-shirts and things. So yeah, check that out. That is going to be shop.rmrr.live. Um, also, while you're out there perusing the web things, there is a link tree link that's going to link you to all the socials and all the things to connect with us. If you are watching on YouTube and Rumble, guys, please like and subscribe. Um, we were going through some things this morning and realized that there's still over 60% of our uh, viewership that is not subscribed on YouTube. We don't get it. Guys! Oh, I love you, but... How could you? Hey, like, comment, After subscribe. Been through. Yeah, so After again... After all we've been through, <laughs> right, exactly. have to subscribe. <laughs> you know, don't... I rebuke any commitment issues. You can subscribe. You can commit to our channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You heard it right there. In the name Lily. of what, Jesus. <laughs> what better testimony is that right there? Anyway, yeah. by, by uh, <laughs> clicking that button down below, that little bell, you're going to get notified anytime we update, uh, release information, content. Um, so obviously, if we're doing shows, we're doing ministry moments, uh, shorts, you're going to get notifications on all those things. So make sure you like and subscribe. And of course, follow us on Facebook for additional content that didn't make it to the website last, like last week. Uh, while we were at the tent, we live streamed several days, um, just some quick hellos and things and some views of the tent and stuff like that which we didn't post to the rest of our social media. So make sure to follow us on Facebook. And if you like the show and the show's content, feel led to donate to us. There are links to do so on the website. They're going to be in the show description down below. And for those watching, they're going to be on the screen somewhere about Lily's chin. And before we get rolling with things, we do have another amazing show today. Um, today's show episode is titled Sharing is Caring. Which is appropriate because this is always the part of the show where I talk to you about if you like today's show and the content, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, etc. Because refer to the title of the show, Sharing is Caring. That's right. Sharing is Caring, guys. But before we dive in, we've got commercials, don't we, guys? I guess. Yes, sir. I believe so. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> the professional enthusiasm that we're bringing to the commercials today brought to you by the number four and the letter W. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Heath. Hmm. So, <laughs> um, are we speaking about a certain craft company? Oh, we could be. We could be very crafty at this point in the episode. 
Mm. Yes. Heath, real quick before I get crafty, um, mm. I just I just want to honor you because oh, you. you used my intro for the title, and I, I just know. am honored <laughs> by that. Well, me honoring you, you honoring me. It's yeah. it's what we do here. It's what yeah, we do. That, that was just wasn't planned, you guys. <laughs> that just showed Christ. Time, brotherly and... love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank oh, you're, you. you're very okay. welcome. Thank you. Um, guys, with that love, I now offer you with love cost, cu cu custom crafts. <laughs> Them. Mm, totally. <laughs> and, you know, um, RMRR and Waymaker Ministries have now, and over a series of videos also, <laughs> have now partnered up with Heath's good friend, Kenzie, over at With Love custom crafts with love custom crafts is a christian owned small business guys if it wasn't christian we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing that here actually True. we might be but <laughs> if the money's right <laughs> i just wanted to sound snarky to show you what it's like when it's not with love custom crafts right see right. now now mm. i'm gonna say it with love that's a good word go. with love custom crafts is a christian owned small business mm. See, did you see like how it was different? One was snarky, and one was one was with love. Mm, yes, I sens I'm sensing wow. a theme, a, a love okay. theme right. in this commercial. I think Kenzie just. It, I think you know this is you know a good thing for us mutually. You know, right? Okay, uh, her products are primarily focused towards women, um, but men. She's doing our Waymakers and RMRRs products, right? So she can make stuff for men too. Yes. And, and um, the company tagline reads, creating custom quality items at affordable prices, all made with love. She started out hand-cutting vinyl for all her products. Man, what a gem. Yeah. Her husband believed in her. Good. That's with love, right? Right. Guys? So much that he spent money. That's with love. Right. That they really didn't have. Again, sacrifice. love. That's love. Yeah. Yeah. To buy her some much-needed equipment to help her get her business really moving. And guys, supporting your wife and supporting... Uh, women that you love is with love. Eat. Exactly. Thank yeah, you. Totally. So make sure to check out her website with love, custom And um, whilst you're out there perusing for some items that you may or may not need in your home, make sure to hop on over to bite tag because RMRR and Waymaker has partnered with bite tag. Um, they've been a, a, a favorite partner of ours for a while now. And bite tag guys, in case you have skipped the commercials, which I don't know why you do that, because honestly, sometimes that's <laughs> part of the show. So, um, but in case you skipped over, I've done that. I believe it. I believe it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So don't be like Lily. Actually, listen to the commercials. Don't be like that, me. Yeah, because Please that helps don't. pay our bills. Yeah. Um, but bite tag I've is going to be. Lesson. Yeah, thank you, thank you for for learning right here live in front of our viewers. So that is awesome testimony we saw it we saw it all because you're wearing a bite tag we saw you leave the room yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so bite anyway. tag, guys you see your dog leave the room well yeah you can actually because bite tag does come with gps location so you can actually locate your puppy your cat your guinea pig your baby pig your mini horse your guinea pig you know whatever your <laughs> gerbil whatever whatever you may have that has a tendency to not want to stay put you can bite tag them komodo dragon exactly pet snake yeah exactly yeah um mm -hmm. and, and it is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market so you're not going to go wrong by choosing bite tag you're going to get a personal profile for you and your pet 
Um, when it's scanned, now this is the only thing that we have an issue with Vitek on. When it's scanned, you get a notification your pet's tag has been scanned. But here's the, here's the kicker that we're still trying to convince Vitek to change this. That it gives the scanner the option the option to notify you that they found your pet. And we don't understand why that's just not a thing. Like when the tag scanned, boom, you should just get a notification that little Fluffy is right right over here down the street. Do I get a new pet? Do I let them know I found their pet? Right. I, I can't decide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really I the only... I get a new pet. That's yeah. where I'd go. <laughs> yeah. Lily, Lily's keeping your pets if they're bite tagged. Yeah. So um, again, <laughs> hope your pets are not getting out in Lily's neighborhood because Lily's collecting. Oops. Um, hey, surprise to Lily's Maybe parents. that's why you should get a fancy collar. Yeah. <laughs> for your so, pet. So, you, you do get the notification, though. Um, you can find your pet via the GPS. There is no monthly or annual service or subscription fees. And I don't know about anybody else, but I'm tired of paying a fee for everything I got to do in life. So, Bite Tag's not charging oh, you for amen. the service. Amen. And they're putting your privacy first. And it is truly the last the last pet tag you're ever going to need because these guys are consistently listening to their um, customers. They've just released uh, here within the last month the new bite tag slide, which actually slides onto your pet's collar. So it's not even going to jingle and jangle and get caught on stuff. So the best part about this commercial, though, is if you're interested in said bite tags, you can use discount code RMRR15. That is RMRR15 for a 15% discount off the purchase price. So you're going to save money. You're going to have security and knowing where your pet's at. You're going to have your privacy protected and you're not paying a fee. So my question again to you is, why are you not doing this, guys? So run out to bite tag link below link on your screen. Uh, use that discount code. Tag your pets. You know, heck, I don't see why you couldn't tag your kids with a bite tag. Um, so, I mean, again, whatever whatever pet you've got, tag them with a bite tag. Yeah. And for or our friends down under, they're now small even... Small human. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, down under friends, they're even for your wallabies with this slide. Your wallabies and your kangaroos can slide them into their pouch. Oh, yeah. Good call. Pouch friendly. Yeah. Pouch friendly. I don't know the bite tag endorse. would endorse that statement, but we're going to endorse that statement that your bite tag is pouch friendly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, Lily anyway, helps out. <laughs> um, so, Redemption Squad commercial? Yeah, oh, let's yeah. let's do it. Yeah, um, okay. Redemption Squad, you guys. Hey, by Zach and Melissa Sheehan. It is a lovely ministry headed in Colorado Springs, Colorado, United States of America which happens beyond the Western Hemisphere of this world. So just thought you'd like to know that. Yep. And, you know, I love these guys so much. We usually pack these things called provision boxes full of groceries and hygiene products, whatever our neighbor may need. And then the next day, we hand out a couple hundred boxes often to a rather impoverished neighborhood and offer pray with people sometimes give away bibles and sometimes people bless us back i mean we've got some random things from some people like hey i don't know if you'll need a bike but here's a bike and it's just strange but you know it reminds me of what uh, paul says he quotes christ in, in acts 20 verse 35 i believe it is and he says it's more blessed to give than to receive and that's what that ministry is all about it's all about giving. So if you want to give to them, keep that scripture in mind. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Mm. So yeah. There you go. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I just want to acknowledge that your your attempt at, at geolocation for our listeners for the location of Colorado Springs and Redemption Squad Ministry. So thank you for following Bike mm-hmm. Tags lead and um, bringing bringing location services for our listeners. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate your appreciation. Mm, that's a good word. <laughs> Speaking of good words, um, our next commercial, um, you guys, you guys know, you guys know, you already know, um, it's all about Valentine comfort shoes. And, and I was thinking today about taking a jaunt and then I was like, you know what? If you're out jaunting, jaunt on over to Valentine comfort shoes. See Sean and Amy Blake, uh, veteran owned business. Cause that's where your feet and your knees and your back Maybe your ankles. I don't know. But there's going to be a lot of things that are going to find relief there. Um, they're going to be more than happy to pray for you if you need prayer. So if you're just out skipping around, skip on over to Valentine Comfort Shoes and, right. and get some prayer, get some comfort shoes for your feet, um, yes. and get some relief, really. Yeah. With them, with them, don't stay swole. Get unswollen at Valentine Comfort Shoes. Right. Right. And and there's so many different soul jokes we could make about Valentine Comfort Shoes, but they're so true. Yeah. Um, because it's really not only, you know, for your the soles of your feet, but your yeah. your soul as well. So it, it, in all seriousness, totally. all love, um, Valentine Comfort Shoes, guys, they are recognized by doctors and uh, hospitals and other places across the state of Colorado as being one of the premier uh, places to go get uh, custom shoes uh, to get that relief that you may be needing in your life. And again, Sean and Amy, if you just need prayer, you're in the area and I've done it before. Um, you know, I do own yeah. Valentine Comfort Shoes, so I do support them. Um, but I've gone in for prayer several times, just been in the neighborhood and be like, you know what? I need prayer. And you can trust that Sean and Amy are going to listen and they're going to uh, consider what you're saying. They're going to weigh it with the Lord and then they're going to attack whatever it is in a mighty way. So head on down. Yeah. Valentine Comfort mm-hmm. Shoes. Link is going to be down below on your screen. Um, we love them. So you guys should too. Valentine Comfort Shoes. And with that. Come come soul. Come all souls. All souls location. Oh, there we go. You know, if if the soul is tortur- tortured or flat. Mm. um they have a solution for that wow that's good <laughs> that's good i like that yeah um yeah you know right. it reminds me of proverbs 28 verse 1 <laughs> says the wicked flee i know one pursues them but maybe the wicked just need some better running shoes so they can run to jesus oh <laughs> uh, yes that was holy I don't... spirit I don't know if uh, Sean and Amy are going to endorse that claim to Valentine Comfort Shoes, but I agree. Uh, get Why new running Amy shoes would. Yes, to she run would. to Jesus. Um, they back yes. their product, Heath. You know that. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> All it's right. Funny. Well, with it's that, a Christian podcast. With that, I'm throwing the commercial notes away. Let's get into today's episode. So as I mentioned earlier today, we are doing a sharing is caring episode, and we're going to share with you some testimony and some things that we saw last week while uh, serving and attending the Mario Murillo Living Proof Tent Crusade that was in Colorado Springs um, in the morning for Monday through Wednesday. Uh, Mario partnered up with Lance Wallnow and several others to do the Fire and Glory Tour, and then in the evening, there was the Living Proof Tent, and I got to say... Um, it was an incredibly powerful four days of having the tent there, seeing what God did, and we're going to share some of that with you. So again, today's episode, sharing is caring. Um, and I know Lily had 
I think I want to start out this way. Lily had a great question that she was asking people last week. Lily, why don't you share that question with us, and then I'll 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 give you an answer for that, and you can maybe answer your your own question as well. So go ahead. Yes, sir. So um, I ran into a lot of old friends and made quite a few new friends at this tent, and you know God really had me operating in intercession, which is rare because like I I don't really see myself as operating from the office of an intercessor very much you know um as christians we're all called to intercede of course but that's not something that i dedicate most of my time to you know that's i usually dedicate more of my time in the faith to reading my bible but this week was different and i was especially interceding for disciplers but you know people kept on randomly like stopping me and talking to me and not in a bad way like a distraction or anything you guys but um to really connect with me and, and um that was beautiful so one thing i asked people throughout the week is where are you expecting and I, I specifically meant it in what are you expecting for yourself because i know you guys i have a heart for people it's just the way i am like I want to see my family healed, restored, edified. I want to see my friend built up. I want to see that person gain hope or whatever. But, you know, it's important that we answer the question for ourselves instead of for everybody else. So I ask people throughout the week, what are you expecting for God to do in your life? And got some answers and got some answered prayers. So Heath, how would you answer that? Well, so it's interesting as I, the signups came out for us to volunteer and I, and I just immediately was like, you know, after the experience I had last year and just how it grew my faith and, and how, um, it changed me being there last year. I was like, I got to volunteer again. And so I signed up and it, with the expectation of again, you know, the, the salvations and seeing the miracle signs and wonders and just how God was going to show up under that tent and what he was going to do. And I didn't fully realize that, that the impact of what, God was doing at the tent and what he was going to do in and through me at the tent. And so my expectation was completely different as far as what I wound up really focused on throughout the week. It was more, I started, you know, on Sunday showing up the expectation of, hey, God's going to move. He's going to do all these things. But by Monday, I was showing up going, okay, I want to see what God's going to do with and through me today. And so my expectation completely shift, uh, shifted on what, what I was expecting to see at the tent. And, and I think it brought a new dimension of you know waiting on the Lord and just really excitement for what he was going to do that day. So yeah, that's how I'd answer that question. What about you? Hmm. So my expectation kind of changed daily. You know, as I was operating in intercession, of course, I expected God to answer all my prayers. I expected to receive divine appointments, and I expected for people I prayed with to be healed and restored and to receive hope. But I also expected for Him to come through and to give me the words to say in certain situations. And I'm not going to go into details, you guys, but I have known um and i didn't know when this tent thing was going on oh i have some hard conversations coming up and i really need god's input on what to say and while i was seating for others around that tent i was also praying for myself and no one feel guilty for praying for themselves um someone told me that praying for yourselves is like breathing in 
and praying for others is like breathing out and both mm. is essential. So God gave me many words and visions and I was very expectant to receive much from him and much direction and many words. And I did. So I'm so grateful for that. What about you, Michael? Um, I was not able to attend as much as Heath and Lily did. Um, but I was, I was thankful to be really, well, I'll just say this now. I'll just say this now. I was really thankful and I'll just be bold. There was a continuation of Asbury under this tent, Asbury, Kentucky, the revival in Asbury, Kentucky, we saw at this tent and, and the worship, Mm. we had a worship night the last night. And that's what I can attest to really was the last night. Um, that, that was, it could have been unstoppable. <laughs> it could have kept going. Um, but Heath, I mean, if you want to cut to a uh, worship scene here, I yeah. mean, look what the Lord has done. It, it, this, this crowd of about 5,000 um, attendees and a few hundred new babes in Christ, uh, brand new, born into the kingdom, um, I mean, it was it was amazing to see these people worship together, to praise together, to dance together, sing together, um, to run the aisles together. To I don't know, <laughs> uh, it was Michael. A lot of fun. Okay, let me intervene here real quick. Michael sprinted down one of the aisles and yeah, yes, like he did. literally hopped over a couple people, like literally just jumped <laughs> over them. Yeah, it yeah. was it was amazing. Jumped no, hurdles. I did not. It was do amazing. Holy hurdles. You but, came pretty dang close, though. <laughs> but I was a I was a quick moving revival, and I went into my buddy Chuck, and I said, "Chuck, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck, <laughs> Jesus!" And then I just <laughs> ran the other way, and everyone was like, "Yeah, Michael!" Like it was actually like really crazy. Like how many yeah. people? Were like, so, so how yeah. many people saw me and wanted to give me a high five and like like. I'm just praising the Lord. Wanted to go wake up Chuck. So, <laughs> well, I tell you what, it was it was incredible. Catherine Mullins led worship um, all four nights under the tent, and the last night in particular, um, she she brought back an old hymn that that had some some new twist to it. As a matter of fact, we're going to cut to that right now. So, this is Catherine Mullins and her band singing "Look What the Lord Has Done." We gotta sing something. Help me praise him.
All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, I am just super stoked and quite frankly, cannot get that song out of my head. Like she has just gone and gone. And again, this was from like towards the end of the evening. Uh, she'd opened the show with several songs and, and played that one towards the end. But that wasn't part of the live stream, which I was able to capture that from. So uh, thank you, Mario Miller Ministries and Catherine Mullins for, for that clip. But yeah, so even at the end of worship, just bringing that old song out and giving it new life and new flavor and seeing people literally like Michael, you know, run up down the aisles, dancing in the aisles, just up and screaming and shouting and praising God in such a way. It was incredible. It was it was incredible, but it wasn't because like we were all going crazy. Like Peter right. says in Acts, uh, it's not because we're drunk and it's much too early to be drunk. Um, it was because we had seen uh, people get out of wheelchairs uh, we had heard demons cry out in exiting uh, young ladies and others. We had we had seen many many miracles, and we had felt the moving power of God change our lives. Come in that tent, rest on us, change our lives. It was it wasn't empty um, calisthenics. It was full fueled movement of God when God rests on a person. Right. And you start being a wave, like you start being a conduit, like a wave out in the ocean. Well, how can how can the water but yet move out in the ocean? Well, and what was amazing about that is, is that there was, you know, freedom was definitely a theme for this whole four days. But but in that moment, you know, towards the end of night four and and. Mario brings Catherine back up on stage and and she just starts singing and they go at it. As you saw in that clip, there was so much freedom to just be there present with God and just dancing and shaking and moving. Joy. Pure joy. So much joy, so much freedom, you know, to to really for once in your life be out there, you know, dancing like David. Uh, but clothed and you know just really just giving everything to hey God. i can get just, even more undignified than this right and and i i had that, <laughs> I had that thought as as we were there because it was definitely hot <laughs> under the tent but um it was just amazing to see <laughs> to see you know five thousand people just dancing and full of joy in the lord and just praising and worshiping and just really um in those those few minutes of 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 singing and dancing to just reflect on everything that had happened that week um and, and we're going to give you guys some details on that matter of fact we're going to start actually back on july 10th uh when the tent uh was brought to the cfan campus and lily and several hundred other volunteers uh showed up both from cfan and radiant some other churches around of course inner city action uh which is affiliated with mario and his ministry they were all there to assemble the new tent this is the first time this thing's been used uh over four stories tall uh big enough on the inside to fit a football field uh and so so yeah it was it was incredible to see this thing uh in comparison to last year but lily why don't you talk about what happened on excuse me on monday yes uh, so um on july 9th i remember a sunday at radiant and uh we were talking about different parts of setting up this tent and how there's 12 sections to it and you have to lace them together with this cord and i heard god say clearly you will be a worker of unity mm. and i'm going to have you work to lace together the sections of the tent to represent the work of unity i'm doing in your life so wow. even though i had had a really rough week that week and i was 
really just exhausted, you guys. I woke up the next day with such energy and vitality. Monday morning, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do what God told me to do. And I was so excited to do it. Ran into some good friends of mine, and we just all got to work together. And, um, you know, there's a inner city action team that Mario kind of brings with him everywhere for evangelism and just work to be done in his ministry. And getting to connect with that team was so amazing and share and exchange testimonies with them. It was so good. And, you know, <laughs> even when it rained, and guys, keep in mind, we had the canvas laid out flat on the ground with tarps underneath it so it wouldn't get muddy because this canvas isn't going to touch the ground. Um, or vinyl, I'm sorry. Um, it wasn't going to touch the ground nonetheless, whatever material it was. It started raining hard. And, like, the wind was so intense, it looked like the rain was going sideways. And we all ran inside, took a lunch break, and came out. And there was about 2,000 gallons of water on this tent. So, you know, there were some kids trying to use it as a slip and slide, and they got reprimanded real quick. It was kind of funny. Real cute, though. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we still were able to work together and finish weaving it together fish weaving the sections together. Now you had to poke holes through the tent and take the cords and pull them through each hole to weave them together. And you just like took one loop of the cord and put it in another. It was really simple lacing. And I got to work on over a quarter of the entire tent lacing it together, just like God told me I would. And it was so funny because when God first told me that, I was like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, what type of knots is there? Like, this sounds complicated, but it's just so simple. He told me that he showed me what to do. So it was done. It was such a blessed time of fellowship with each other. That's and, awesome. um, you know, then once we got the whole 12 sections woven together and everything laid out, we had to lay out 115 posts and 115 straps and make sure everything was lined up to some of the poles in the ground. And there were small outer posts. There were 115 of those. And then there were quarter posts, half posts, and then the four large posts. So it was very tedious. And I wasn't even there the whole time, but I was there for 10 hours. It was a lot of work going into this. And, and, you know, the whole idea of pitching a tent, it reminds me of Genesis 12, verse 8. And this is Abram's journey to Egypt. It says in verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse 8, Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel. On the west, and um, I believe it's pronounced I, on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, continuing towards the Negev. And it just shows how tents have always been used as a tabernacle. And then, you know, John 1, 14, I'm going to flip to that. I'm reminded of that scripture as well. John 1, 14, it says... I believe the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that word used there is so interesting because dwelt, it means encamped. And it's the same type of word as to pitch a tent. So it's like God came on earth and pitched a tent among us and he dwelled with us. And, you know, tent, the like 
the structure of a tent is not really a permanent structure. I mean, in some ways it could be, but not really, not typically. So it's just this temporary structure used throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, to honor God as a tabernacle. And when God came to earth as a man, he pitched a tent among us. When Abram was visited by God, he pitched a tent as a tabernacle to be filled with his spirit. And now we are his tents and his tabernacles. Mm. So there's my uh, little rant on tents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we yeah. fast forward from the 10th and 11th um, as they're setting up the tent, putting out the chairs. Uh, setting up the vendor tents, all the things. We fast forward to Sunday, July 16th, and we start off actually Sunday morning, 10 a.m., having a combined service between Radiant Church, CFAN, um, volunteers from the tent, um, you know, and, and other churches around. So again, we had a, a nearly packed tent just for, uh, you know, normal church service that morning and um we had several people speak uh, of course mario gave the message and and just like the day before at the volunteer meeting um his word was actually pretty incredible spot on a lot of now things that really just kind of spoke to me in a lot of different ways um but the interesting thing about that church service was at the end of it mario did an altar call and there were 200 people that stepped up under the tent sunday morning church service for salvation. So, okay, I'm like, all right, God, this is how we're starting off the week. This is good. Um, you know, because last year we had somewhere over 3,000 people um, saved through the course of the four days that the tent was up. And and so, again, just expecting that there was going to be this mighty, mighty wave of salvations and other things under the tent. So we go to Monday or Sunday night and, you know, it, again, the theme for for this this evening and the next couple for me actually was, was freedom. Um, there was an incredible worship set by Catherine Mullins. There was a great message by uh, Mario. And, and as he calls it for the altar call and, and does the salvation prayer, uh, which, by the way, there were 172 people that answered that call. And the amazing thing about that I love about working, you know, volunteering here on the salvation team is you get the opportunity to meet with people who are just now making that decision to accept Jesus into their life. And you get an opportunity to pray with them and to encourage them and, you know, get them back under the tent because obviously God's not done there. You know, the salvations are the first thing. Then it's followed by the miracle signs and the wonders that everybody talks about and the healings and all the things. And so, you know, just to to meet with some folks and, and the first day, there's always a little bit of confusion about how the best way to to meet with people and line up and all these things. And we experienced some of that. And so we get called. I'm, I'm in a group. Uh, Ethan's with me. We're kind of partnered as one person because he was by the, the tent standards, wasn't old enough to volunteer by himself, but he could come with me. And so we were basically one person. And then our, our friend John um, was with us as well. And so we're walking down to the other end and I see somebody, uh, this, this young man who actually is the son of some folks at the church that we know very well and was following along with us. And I'm thinking this whole time he's looking for his parents. Well, we get to the other side of the line and we stop and he walks directly up to us and just immediately breaks down in tears and is is sharing how, you know, he's he's given his life and and several times actually he's rededicated but he's never felt and experienced freedom. And mm -hmm. 
So in that moment, I'm just like, okay, you know what? We're we're supposed to do just a quick short prayer um, after we gather some information from them and get it back in. But I I really felt the Holy Spirit tell me, no, we needed to pause and like speak into this young man's life. And so we actually uh, we kind of tossed away the the rule of the quick prayer thing and getting it back to the tent. We actually the three of us took turns praying for him, speaking into his life, talking about how there was freedom, how there was um, all of these things. Um, that Jesus died for on the cross, that he he went through all the suffering and the pain and, and that experience for us to have freedom, for us to have the gifts, for us to have the things that, you know, God has, has wanted to put in our lives. And so to speak freedom into his life in a way that I'm, I'm not sure that he'd heard before um, was such an experience. And of course, by the time we're done, he, you know, he's no longer crying and he was in a much better place. And then to, you know, have an opportunity later on in the evening to connect with his folks and just say, hey, parent to parent, I prayed for your child. This is what he's looking for. And I'm really hoping that there's a great opportunity later for him to talk to you guys about it. But I just wanted you to know that I was very humbled and honored to to have him walk right up to us and and want us to pray for him. And so that was like that's how God started my you know my week in the tent was was just was this incredible moment with this amazing young man and to to pray and and then more opportunities throughout the night. Um, there was a gentleman that Sunday morning I had I. You know, we're walking into the tent to find a chair and he's like, Hey, Heath, how's this going? And I'm like, Hey, doing great. And I'm walking away and I'm like, okay, I have no idea who this man is. Like, I, I can't remember ever meeting him. I can't remember talking to him, but like, obviously he knew me. And, and so later under the tent, after Mario starts, um, you know, there was just such an incredible wave of healing, you know, people tossing away walkers and getting up out of wheelchairs and, you know, cancers being healed and breathing problems being healed and diabetes and heart problems and all these things. And, and, and Mario sends in the spirit, hey, you know, if, if you're needing a healing in some of these areas that he just called out, you know, raise your hand. And he's like, okay, if, if you're next to somebody that's got a hand up, you know, I want you to go pray for him. But the interesting thing about this was that I'm standing there and all of a sudden he walks, the guy that I meet that morning walks over and he's like, hey, I know you, I trust you. Would you pray for me? And so I'm like, yeah, of course I'll pray. And so I, you know, I ask him a couple questions about what's going on, what we're praying for. And he's struggling with some lower back injury issues from an injury 15 years ago and just having an intense pain and all these things. So, so immediately I just begin praying for him and this becomes a theme for the next couple nights. Um, and of course, through this story and we'll, we'll share as we break down days, I do eventually learn his name. So, um, it's not a horrible thing, but like, I felt like really weird asking him about it, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of how. Um, you know, my, my week started with, with, you know, being able to have this incredible moment to, to minister and witness to this young man from, from the church that we know, seeing these salvations, praying for, for Chris's back. Um, Lily, what about you? What did, what did Sunday, uh, look like for you? So as you were speaking, my mind's just flooded with so many scriptures and you guys like have my fingers in between Bible pages trying to keep track of what it was reminding me of. But first I wanted to touch on what it was like being on the salvation team. And, you know, when these people first come to Christ and then they come to you to get prayer and get connected, it's kind of like you're operating as a midwife and holding the newborn baby for the first time. So that brought me to Genesis 35, verse 17, which I'm trying to not lose in the Sea of Bible pages. It says, And it came about when she was in severe labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for now you have another son. And that's what it was like, seeing these people come to Christ, it was like 
telling them, don't fear. You are another son, another daughter of God. And you just got delivered from the womb. And then a lot of the responsibility of being a midwife and delivering someone from the womb or from their past or from the darkness is speaking freedom into their life. So then I came to um, Galatians 5, 1, and it says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And sometimes it's not just speaking freedom over someone. Sometimes it's stimulating them, encouraging them, leading by example. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Sometimes we have to stimulate one another to freedom. We have to walk in freedom so that others are aware of walking in freedom. And what stood out to me about the last testimony about Chris and his back being healed was he seemed to know you and trust you, but you didn't know him. Right. That's very interesting. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it sure. happened to me several times throughout the week. I was like, how do I know this person? And it's very strange because if you know me, you guys, you know, I don't forget someone's name. And I definitely don't forget someone's face. And if I know someone's name and face, then I don't forget either one. It's just, it's there. But some of these people kept on walking up to me and were like, hey, Lily, how are you doing? Where are you seeing? Can you pray for me? And on the inside, I'm like, but how do I know you? And it's not a rude question. It was just like a genuine question. Like, huh, this is strange. How how do I know these people? But it was repetitive throughout the week. And it's funny that I didn't realize what was going on, though I had been meditating on Isaiah 61 throughout the week. And Isaiah 61 verse 6 says, You will be called priests of the Lord. You will be spoken of as ministers of our God. Yeah, so, but Lily, Lily, you you weren't ordained a minister. What are you talking about? I'm talking about how we were working that week. Mm. Because you can have an ordained <clears throat> certificate, and of course that carries weight. It carries weight in um, a church setting, an official office, more... In a religious, in a religious setting, it, it'll yeah. carry weight. <laughs> yes, but this was a word spoken over the nation of Israel. And as people grafted into the branch, according to Romans 11, I believe, we are the nation of Israel. We are grafted in to the olive tree. So we are spoken of as ministers of our God. We are called priests of the Lord. And that's how people came to us. It's not because we're special. It's because like Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. That's it. We didn't do anything to deserve that. It's not about the quantity or quality of times we've cried out to God that makes his spirit fall upon us and anoint us and seal us. It's something so if I'm he hearing, does really of his will. If I'm hearing correctly, there's a there's a little bit of a comparison from last year's tent event to this year's tent tent event, where um, there's more of a broad move of God this year to chew on, and last year there was probably more salvations, right? And and more of a and and I don't even know if you know maybe maybe leadership of these churches might agree. But one thing I see compared to la- last year to this year, there was more relationship work. There was more um, uh, church dynamic function 
And there was definitely a lot of evangelism. This was an evangelism event, but for a lot of the um, people that that had um, over both years, you know, committed their time and and served the Lord, right? Well, they they got to know each other, is what it sounds like, and and they got to like there was familiar faces, and and Lily and Heath are talking about they're watching a. Uh, certain type of people come up to them and trust them. They're not entirely sure who these people are. And I just want to say that's that's an evangelism work amongst the body. You know, that may not be the the spirit of evangelism moving on a uh, non-Christian and, and uh, uh, convincing them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by Him, except through Him. It's not necessarily that. But this is what happens when life is on the church. When 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 the church is alive, you have forever familiar faces, um, uh, it, it, it more more in love with Jesus and more in love with, with each other, more in love with the church, uh, friendships and the fellowship. Fellowship is a sign of church health. Well, you know, you touched on an interesting point there that I think we would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about. And that's the fact that there were multiple churches that came together in, and in the course of these four days, it wasn't, it wasn't this church and this church and this church and this, it was one church body, one set of believers chasing after Christ and, and hoping to, you know, bring people with them so that they could experience Christ in the way that they were. And, And so, yeah, there wasn't like, this is a, sea fan thing or radiant thing or this church thing or that church thing or you know our belief systems better than your there was none of that at all in this it was one giant group of believers chasing after christ and and spending time with him and that's that's what was amazing about this the unity that that came together this year um that we may not have felt as much last year now there was some unity but it wasn't i don't think in comparison on the same scale as it was this year for sure Go yeah ahead. a text a text that describes this perfectly is acts 8 uh let's do verse 4 to 8 acts 8 verse 4 to 8 um therefore those who had been scattered went a about preaching the word. So two things. We were scattered afterwards to continue the tent flow and fire in our communities and neighborhoods and families. But even before there were people brought in that were scattered from their from their place of origin, they were brought into this area and they would go scattering and preaching and teaching abroad. Okay. And and that's what was happening a month before this tent event even happened. Check it out. Verse five. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. Philip was the second evangelist in Samaria. The first was a woman. Did you hear that, cessationist? Oh, sorry. Did I say that? Um, (laughs) And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. Like I said, second evangelist in the area. The first was the woman at the well. And Jesus just radically transformed this woman's life, and she goes in um, to Samaria ministering the word of the Lord to um, all who know her, and it was a major response and the major seed work for Philip to go down there years later. Verse 6, And the multitudes of one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw real signs, which he literally performed. Verse 7, For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, Uh, 
Kat Mullins, Catherine Mullins, she was operating as a prophet and as and as a deliverance minister at the same time while being a worship leader. And she would give these beautiful words to these uh, young people up front. Yes. And uh, one, I have to share this because this this is one of my favorite parts about watching her lead worship. Um, one, she's full of joy, bouncing and never stopping, running and jumping and bouncing and throwing her arms and doing backflips. I'm just kidding, but she probably could. <laughs> probably. And yeah. And so then she'll just say, all right, everyone stop. <laughs> she just cuts the music and she just starts giving a, a word to this young person who, I mean, you know, Catherine doesn't know this young person at all. You know, this young lady. And she mentioned something about a journal. And when this word about a journal, so it would only mean something to this young lady, right? And and how could Kat know unless God told her? But she said something about this journal. And then immediately what it says here in verse 7, for in the case of, of Kat... Catherine Mullins, the worship leader, I'm I'm uh, improvising here, who had who was ministering to the young folks and was ministering, and then unclean spirits came out screaming, and that's what happened when um she was doing that, and and just immediately a hush went over the crowd, like the power of God hushed. <laughs> There's five thousand people immediately went dead quiet. <laughs> This young yeah. girl is screaming because the voice of the Lord, she just encountered God's voice through this mighty woman leading on stage. And, uh, you know, and they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. Hey, guys, people got out of uh, wheelchairs right. in this tent. Uh, in verse eight. And there was much rejoicing in that city. And <clears throat> so that's what, um, you know, an evangelism event looks like biblically, Lily. Yep. Um. I was thinking about the one of the first points you made, Michael, about how this tent looked different this year. It wasn't as many people coming to Christ for the first time, but it was a lot of rededication, and the churches were coming together as one body. And honestly, it had a lot of the reformation that the church needed. I was going to say it. It reminded me of 1 Timothy 3.5. It says, But if a man does not how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? Here's the thing. Something that I've observed in the church's priorities, and it convicts myself, so please don't perceive me as haughty or above this as I speak this. No but, way. Speak it. <laughs> but as we are so passionate about going out and pursuing the harvest, we need to make sure we're watching all over our own flock because mm. how can we just not, how can we pursue, pursue more and pursue new when we aren't taking care of what we already have? Mm. And that same moral can be applied to what is said in First Timothy 3, 5. If you can't take care of your house, how can you take care of a church? If you can't take care of the church you have, how can you take care of the mass of new converts? If you can't come together as different church bodies like the Church of Philippi did when they partnered with Paul and sent him a gift when he was in when he was in need and he needed a minister to. If you can't partner with each other and humble yourselves in that way, then how will you take care of the new people I'm bringing to you? You know, if there's not shepherds raised up and established, then what will the new sheep being birthed do? Because it's mating season for the flock. So this tent, something that was so beautiful about it was there was so many churches represented and so many people who are called to be pastors and someday start a church even represented. And the humility that came in all gathering 
under one tabernacle and being filled by the Holy Spirit together was really stunning and oh so necessary. So those are really my thoughts on this whole matter. I wanted to share that scripture with y'all. Awesome. Heath? Well, no, so going that, yeah, just that's some great points there that I hadn't stopped to ponder um, that you brought up there with Lily. So thank you for sharing those. Um, you know, as we as we went into day two uh, on Monday, uh, again, having seen um, the things I saw the day before, again, my expectancy was really, again, how's God going to turn up? How's he going to show up? And not seeing that day two was going to be a very itinerant, very appointment led day for me uh, from the time you know as volunteers we had we weren't allowed to park or weren't supposed to park at the tent property itself we were supposed to park at, at a high school just down the road and they were going to shuttle us over and so from the moment we we get to the parking lot and ethan and i step on the shuttle bus um matter of fact this was such an appointment that the driver himself was not going to wait for anybody else to get on board he shut the doors to bring just ethan and i to the tent from the parking lot and that whole drive was a meeting a god appointed meeting that that i needed to partake in and i get off the bus and immediately um here's a friend of mine um who we're we're hoping to have on the show very soon um and she just steps up to me with with this face of like defeat and so again another appointment and we start pouring into her we start praying for her um and immediately when we're done there then all of a sudden here's appointment number three so like it was just like boom 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 as we're arriving and god again brings another person uh to this group of us that are talking and immediately um there's an outpouring of of love of freedom of prayer of deliverance you know just all in this one moment uh it, well several moments actually but just in this one one meeting where we're fully committed to partnering with the holy spirit is he's giving us information things to pray for and to pour into uh into her life and um you know, it's interesting because now there's another story that develops out of this appointment. Um, and I'll get into that in a minute. And then, of course, later in the night, getting to pray for uh, Chris again with his back and actually learning that day his name was Chris. Um, so forgive me, Chris, <laughs> for listening that I didn't know your name before Monday, but I, I know it now. Um, and of course, praying for several others throughout the night. And, and again, just everything that was on the appointment calendar for me, um, again, kind of revolved around that theme of freedom. Um, on that theme of, you know, just loving like Christ did and, and just not caring about a clock, not caring about whatever. There was somebody in need, and so we were going to be there with them until that need was met in whatever situation that looked like. Um, you know, and just really quickly, just for, for those in the numbers game, there were 264 salvations from that night. Um, it, it just, again, I didn't expect... Um, you know, to show up on Monday night and have this full schedule of appointments the entire night. Um, you know, even with the the person that Ethan and I prayed for at the salvation moment, um, throughout the tent itself, the the connections that were happening when I wasn't uh, being called over to pray for somebody, then I was making connections with with other ministries and other people um, here in the Springs and other places. And so, like, for lack of a better term, my dance card was full the entire night. There wasn't a moment for me to just like be worried about me or whatever was going on in my world. Um, I was so 
poured into in this experience. So that's the other thing too, that that when you're doing what God's asking you to do and you're being obedient to that, you're really outpouring, but the amount of backfill pouring in that he was doing Monday night in me, I didn't realize until we got home. And we get home about, um, I don't know, it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, maybe a little later. No, it was later actually. And um, Ethan and I are up until like 3.30, 4 o'clock, just beginning to unpack the things that happened in Ethan and I, the things that God gave us there that night and that he imparted to us because there was, um, I can I can testify the fact that I received a new upgrade uh, Monday night. I received new things from the Lord and new operating tools and new things that he's now in this week stretching and testing and, you know, helping me get more comfortable with and familiar with. Um, but again, didn't realize some of that until we're, we're Ethan and I are home talking about what just happened and looking what God had done. And, and even to the point that we're, we're seeing now, um, Ethan's getting, you know, a, a vision from the Lord on, on something new and, and God's brought something new to me as far as, you know, here's another thing I want you to to be involved with starting. And, and so it just was mind-blowing that, you know, God had this whole appointment roster for me, but at the same time was backfilling all of this stuff into me um, and blessing me in such a way that now I'm home and I'm unpacking. It's just like blowing my mind at what God had done in one evening under the tent. Mm, wow. Hey, so, so guys, listeners, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit is showing you guys a trend. Uh, we're excited about like participating in God's works and God's agenda. It's it's life giving and it's accelerating, exhilarating. And you know, just reach out your hands right now and and receive a fresh touch from the Lord that you can do this stuff too. It may sound like a lot of conversations, but believe me, a lot of Jesus' ministry was a lot of conversations. This isn't just some weird small club. You know, you're hearing this is interactions with um, believers and non-believers talking about true things in life, like like hurts and family things. And, hey, my back has been killing me for the last 10 years. I feel like you need to pray for me and and all these things and and these divine appointments that only God could do. And not just appointments like, hey, I got this spiritual uh, appointment book and God filled it up, Um, but even just uh, practical appointments. moments of showing love and everyone had like this collaborative mind to represent Jesus. Well, those who were serving, it showed, it showed that there was a high, high, high energy um, of authentic community. Um, and, and, and this too, to Lily's point, she, she previously mentioned uh, if pastors aren't raised up, yes. And amen. And also if people don't know how to disciple, if there aren't any disciplers, how can God assign young babes to you? How can diapers be changed? How can how can babies be be shown how to crawl and to walk in the things of the Lord? And really, this uh, really this t- this year's tent it pointed to that. It pointed to you know there's kind of a class of of people a little bit more familiar with things of the Lord, and there was kind of this segment of group there and. And guys, it's so important that you become uh, a discipler. Yes. Even in a year's, even in a year's amount of time. Uh, in Hebrews five, late five and early six, this standard is kind of given to this Hebrew people. The writer of Hebrews writes to this Hebrew people, this church, and he says, "You should be teachers by now, but you're still on milk." And it is important for us 
not just for our daily meals with the Lord to get off milk and get on meat, but we must be eating other things so we can show others how to do the things we used to do. Right. And, and to gain actual mileage with the Lord, instead of being on his life support all the time and walking around with a dirty diaper all the time, strive for growth, strive for the things of the Lord, strive to become a teacher, uh, go for it. Uh, the, Paul says, um, uh, uh, pray for the greater gift. Keith, what is the greatest gift out of all the gifts? Uh, that's actually the, one of my favorite verses. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 13. The greatest of these is love. And that's right. that, that is how we can best exemplify Christ on, on this earth is by showing love to one another. Love for ourselves, um, because I, I learned some valuable lessons last week about that too, that sometimes we're we're quick to speak negatively about ourselves or to recognize that we're, you know, we fall short and all these things. And yet you realize that as the bride of Christ, you know, when you you say these things about yourself, how does that make Christ feel? How does that reflect upon him? And so, you know, the way we the way we love ourselves, the way we speak about ourselves, and the way we approach others in love um, is the the absolute best gift. And Michael's totally right. You know, this these are things that you guys can do without having to have a, a tent crusade or a revival meeting or whatever, because as we've we've talked about on on Rocky Mountain Revival Radio before, that you know, John 14, 12 says, You're gonna go out and you're gonna do the things that I did, but greater. And so that means that you partner with the Holy Spirit. You can heal somebody. You can you can restore someone's sight, their hearing. You can witness a leg being grown back out. You can witness someone being brought back to life because you chose to partner with the Holy Spirit in a situation. You humbled yourself and and partnered, and then you acted out of love towards another human being. You know, because again, as we've talked, and I, and maybe I haven't brought it up on the show yet, but. Another lesson as of late is that, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about race and other things, but in the simplest form, guys, there is one race, the human race. And so we're all created from the same stuff. The DNA makeup is the same for everybody. Um, there's just slight differences that determine your hair color and your eye color and your height and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the same building blocks. We're all made from the same stuff. And so when we're going out there exhibiting love like Christ, you don't see race. You don't see religion. You don't see all these things that our society wants to throw at us. You see another living, breathing human being that needs the love of Jesus, even if they know Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, the greatest is love. What are you thinking, Lily? <clears throat> well, I was just thinking of all the stuff that happened, um, you know, God using me on the 17th. You know, it started off with a quiet bang, you guys, because I got a wake-up call <laughs> at 3.15 a.m. There, No, very literally. At 3.15 a.m., I heard someone say my voice or say my name very clearly, Lily. And I woke up and I'm like, you guys, I'm, I'm not very nice when I wake up. And I'm like, what? Here I am. Here I am. It's God. <laughs> in my head i'm like oh it's god he just woke me up i'm so excited because i i often hear his voice but it's, it's so rarely that loud and that clear so he woke me up at 3 15 a.m i don't know the significance of the time yet he hasn't revealed that to me i i remembered it and i checked my phone as soon as i woke up because that's something i've developed a habit of doing whenever um god reveals something to me i want to check the time and just check the hour and um it was 3 15 i said here i am and he said cry out and i said what shall i cry and he said my words for 
your heart is full of my words and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so cry out my words alone and like i i rose up in my bed and i was like here i am cry out what shall i cry you know there's this whole correspondence and after god says that it's like i process what he's saying and i just crash back into my bed and fall back asleep and it's not like i was very awake it was almost surreal how quickly I fell back asleep, but it's the conversation we had. And it so, so directly mirrors Isaiah 40 verses 6 through 7 and 8 as well. A voice says, call out. Then he answered, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers the flower face when the breath of the Lord flows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers the flower face but the word of our God stands forever. So that's how my day started <laughs> on the second day of the tent crusade. So um, let's see, I get there pretty early, as early as I can. <laughs> and, you know, it's just try to go around volunteering, helping people however I can, finding a seat, interceding, and having so many of these lovely conversations. So on the second day, when it was time for people to come back, those who had received Christ or wanted prayer to come back to the prayer ministers. I was standing back because I was on the salvation team and I was partnered with a dear friend and mentor of mine um, named Annabelle. Just shout out to Annabelle. <laughs> hey, um, Annabelle. This woman came to, yep, this <laughs> woman came. Um, I, I don't remember her name very well, um, but she was partially deaf. It was funny because she could hear Annabelle, who has a uh, deeper voice and a Bronx accent, <laughs> but she couldn't hear my voice because I'm a bit more pitchy. But I anointed her with the oil I wear on my wrist always, you guys, like always wearing this oil on my wrist. So I anointed her with it. I don't know if you can see that. I'm wearing it on my wrist now. And... It wasn't instantaneously that she began to hear my voice. Her hearing got better as soon as I anointed her ears and we prayed for her together. But mm. later, she could hear me there clearly. Wow. So like before, I was trying to like lower my voice so she could hear me and try to like mimic Annabelle's voice. Like, I'm going to anoint your ears, but I can't do a deep voice very well at all. <laughs> so it wasn't working and she still couldn't hear me. But after... The anointing and prayer happened. She could hear me. And later at night, she heard me even better. And wow. also that night. So at the end of the healing service, um, if you know me, you know me. You know I don't leave as soon as the service ends. I'm talking to people. I'm still praying. I'm not leaving as soon as we're dismissed. Not going to happen. So I'm walking around, actually not talking to someone. And... Um, across a section of this tent, like a whole section of chairs in this tent, I see, I hear my parents say, I wish Lily was here. And I heard this woman and her soul crying for deliverance. Now, um, my my parents are lovely. and um, So you also God. received hearing. So you also <laughs> received hearing. So oh you, goodness, you operated... So yeah, you operate yeah. in the gift of healing, and, and the Lord told you to touch this woman's uh, ears, and you were obedient to the scriptures, you anointed with oil, okay? And later on, you're you're experiencing some different kind of healing or hearing for a healing that's about to happen. Exactly. Okay, I didn't even put those two testimonies together, but <laughs> um, yeah, so like, it wouldn't have been natural for me to hear my 
mom say, I wish Lily was here from across a section of chairs in that tent, especially with all the background noise and how soft-spoken my mom was being. It sounded like a whisper, but it sounded right there, but it wasn't. So it was very supernatural. Um, and God had told me also a word of knowledge that afternoon that I would operate in deliverance that evening. So I was still prepared. And I was still kind of looking around, but not sure what I was going to find. And there it was. So as soon as I hear my mom say that in the spirit, but also in the natural somehow. There you go. There you go. I go across this section and I pop up. And she's like, Lily, we were just talking about you. Wow, that's so funny. And I'm like, it is. So I looked to a woman they were talking to. And I'm like, can I pray for you? <laughs> <laughs> and she was so open. She was like, I'm on these pills. They were painkillers because I've been in a wheelchair, but I just got up. I just ripped out my oxygen mask. But I need prayer to get off these painkillers because I know it's a demonic stronghold. And I need deliverance. And when she's speaking, I got a lot of word of knowledge, <laughs> words of knowledge that this was a generational thing. There were many word curses spoken over her that made it even stronger. There's insecurity, there's timidity, there's fear. So God's telling me even deeper than this woman is what needs to be casted out. So I'm like, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. So I hold her hands and... I was led to hold the bottle of anointing oil against her hand directly, the bottle. And I started rebuking these demons of insecurity. And in fact, right now, I'm just going to imitate that prayer for our listeners. If you're listening, let's pray together. In Jesus' name, I bind that spirit of insecurity. I bind any spirit of fear. I bind the stronghold of pharmakia in Jesus' name. Any anxiety or ways that python spirits have tried to paralyze you and cripple you like they tried to cripple this woman. You are bound in Jesus' name in every listener hearing this podcast. Any spirit of deafness, I bind you so that this person can hear these words clearly and fully. I don't know. I just saw someone watching the captions on this podcast. I know it sounds strange to bind a spear of deafness on a podcast, but I saw someone listening to the captions or watching the captions. And I pray right now any deaf spirit is bound in Jesus' name. So I'm praying for this woman. And after the prayer, we talk for a significant amount of time and get to know each other's and each other's testimonies. And she's standing out of your wheelchair she doesn't have her oxygen mask on. And she told me, usually by now, if I hadn't had those pills, I'd be shaking and trembling. And I sure wouldn't be standing. But she was standing and her hands were steadier than mine. Now I have a pretty steady hand because I love to draw into paint. So that being said, she was completely stable and healed. Now, after this, the stories just keep on going. I didn't get home until after midnight that night. It was a long day. <laughs> after this, though, um, I meet up with a few friends. I run into a few people I know and love, a youth leader and um, another person from a youth group I've attended and um, another prayer minister who was working with us throughout the week. And we're all talking. We're just sharing some testimonies and what God's doing and praying for one another, just the four of us. And one of the security guards comes over and says to the youth leader, hey, the person that you led to Christ last night, the person that you prayed that salvation prayer with last night, just had a severe heart attack in the parking lot. There's an ambulance here for her. 
and she flatlined. We're trying to get her to the hospital. So this woman that was saved July 16th was apparently dead the next day. And immediately when the woman who led her to Christ is like very distressed, and so is the other girl in my youth group, I'm just like, we have to pray right now. Circle up, you guys. And we start praying in tongues. And I had this strange joy inside of me because here's the thing. Say she did die. This woman did die. She would have had such a great testimony because the night before she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or as her Lord and Savior. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that got a little redundant there. I'm excited. I'm excited hey, telling the story, Paul you guys. Says, Paul says uh, re- repetition is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior the night before. So say worst case scenario, this woman did die and remained dead. She is going to heaven. So worst case scenario isn't looking so bad. But I knew it wasn't the end. I knew God had a story. So I share what I know with these people so we know exactly how to pray. And as we're praying and speaking in tongues for this woman, whose name I don't even know, to be completely honest, I know there's a couple other women standing like 10, 15 feet away praying too. And God just highlights them to me. So I'm like, hey, get over here. You need to pray with us. Really, really demanding and authoritative, which is kind of hard for me to do sometimes. I was kidding. <laughs> but, <Stop>. Anyways. <laughs> Please. And they're like, no, no, we're just praying and rejoicing with you guys. And I'm like, well, we're going to wharf in the spirit. So you need to get over here. Don't make me take this prayer circle over there. So they eventually come. And the words that they spoke and they prayed, I knew would be essential. I knew they needed to join us in prayer. There was something so necessary about it. I am I still don't have words to fully articulate why their presence needed to be there. I just knew we needed to include them to pray. So they came and we prayed for several more minutes and we don't receive an update that night. We honestly walk away from the tent wondering, where was this woman's children? How are we gonna notify this family? What's going on still? Did she make it to the hospital? Did she flatline in the ambulance? But we also know it's in God's hands. Even while we're asking earthly questions, we are still faithful. Here's the thing. You can ask earthly questions and still be faithful to God. Abraham did that. That's not unbiblical. So many characters throughout the Bible asked earthly questions. Well, Lord, what do I say to Israel when they ask me who I am? Moses. That's a rather earthly question. It's not full of doubt, though. It's wondering how to take care of the situation that God has put you in. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? So throughout the Bible, Abraham, Moses, whatever, people ask earthly questions while simultaneously believing that it's in God's hands. And they can ask those earthly questions because they know God has heavenly answers. So... I get to my car eventually, and I send out many texts to different people 
a few prayer ministers at Radiant, my family, a couple group chats. Hey, this woman flatlined in the parking lot. Like, you need to keep on praying and continue what we started when we first heard. Because I had several people pray in the parking lot, but we got to carry this on until we know that God's will is fully done and the enemy has no more room to steal, kill, and destroy. So on the last day of the tent, um, one of the prayer ministers that were that was praying when we heard the news, this woman had a heart attack, came up to me and said, when that woman got to the hospital, she was completely fine. And every chart read normal health. The doctors were even confused as to why she was brought to the hospital because it didn't look like anything had gone on (laughs) when she was dead. When you just said that. literally dead. When you you just said that, the lights flickered in this house. (laughs) Keith, did you it's just see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw. I like all the lights flickered when she was like emphasizing that last statement. <laughs> yeah, wow, that was mm-hmm. so good. So dead men race, just like the dead man in Acts 20. I'm not sure how I pronounce his name. I'm going to be completely honest. I think it's Eutychus is how you pronounce his name. I'll go with that. Eutychus? Sure, sure. Oh, Eutychus. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Eutychus. Okay. Eutychus, not Eutychus. Did you say Eutychus? <laughs> yeah, I said who. Michael, you do realize that self-control is a fruit of the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Anyways, Acts 20, verse 7. (laughs) Just like Eutychus was raised from the dead in the beginning of the early church, people were raised from the dead in church parking lots. This wasn't even while the service was going on, y'all. This was when most volunteers had even left. The shuttles had stopped running, parking lots were empty, and the healing power of God was still present. It wasn't confound to the service. It wasn't confound to the tent. It wasn't even confound to the ministers, not me, not the other prayer ministers around. No, it's not about us. We saw the need for us to pray and to include as many people as we could to pray. But it's not about the people. It's about the people surrendering to God. Yes. So I have to read this story, Acts 20, verse 7. And on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to depart. The next day, he prolonged his message until midnight, which is ironic because I was there till midnight at this tent. <laughs> there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered together. There was a certain young man named Yuya kissing on the windowsill, seeking into a deep sleep. As Paul kept on talking, reminds me of me, I'm not going to lie. Anyways, he was overcome by sleep and fell down on the third floor. He was picked up dead. Dead. Flatlined. You can call the ambulance, but it's gonna waste your time and the doctors. Dead. But Paul went down and fell upon him, and after embracing him, which, may I observe, is very significant, because considering Paul's lineage and what the Jews believed about touching the dead, that would have been very unclean. But it just shows how faithful he was to his God. He knew that it is for freedom that he has been set free. And like Matthew 5.17 said, I did not come to um, renounce the law or the prophets, but to fulfill. He knew he could touch that dead man. And he knew by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, he would come back to life. So Paul went down and fell upon him. And after embracing him said, do not be troubled for his life is still in him. I love that Paul touched him. He embraced him. And it's as though the life of God is so contagious, it just spread. 
Just like how people are so scared of certain diseases spreading, well, guess what? Life and healing is contagious too. Verse 12, they took away the boy alive and were greatly comforted. Now, that night ended with um, a lack of resolution. None of us went back to our cars knowing what happened to the woman, and I didn't find out until two days later. Nonetheless, we were comforted. We were comforted because we knew that she was in God's hands whether she was on heaven or on earth. Either way, God had her. Wow. So he's so what are your thoughts? That is so good. Um, you know, and it, and again, it's it, I, I think a point that I want to again make from what you were saying there, Lily, is it doesn't take a tent. It doesn't take a, a known evangelist to come to your location. It doesn't take, um, you know, a, a, a famous worship singer to come lead you in in worship and praise. Um, yeah. These things can this happen. This woman wasn't called out by Mario Murillo or Catherine Mullins. Yeah. I'm not dissing on them, but that's irrelevant. It just right. is. Yeah. God will move. Right. So, yeah, so again, yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's fine. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it doesn't take mm -hmm. something like that for, for God to partner with you and to use you to heal someone or to speak life into someone or to cast out a demon or whatever it is. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't have to take place. And Lily's uh, testimony here is clear of that. This was after the event that this happened to this woman. And, and yet the power of prayer, the, the willingness to partner with God to usher in a move and to, expect to have the faith to expect a healing and i think that's the the other thing in this is that you know you can clearly see from lily's story there that that whole group immediately you know their first response was let's pray let's have the faith in god to expect um this woman to be fine and and lo and behold here she is and so i think that's the the one thing i want to kind of highlight from lily's testimony there in day two one last thing on day two before we move on um, we did actually, and it, it just this whole story just brings joy to my heart. We did actually witness a word that had been spoken for someone come true and a godly ordained and divine relationship begin on day two. And we're actually going to have them on the show um, a couple episodes from now to give uh, give their testimony and to actually um, to do a favor for the woman involved and record the testimony for her for posterity's sake so she can share that with her kids and grandkids down the line. But um, so we're doing a multi-purpose show with that. But yeah, so we got to see that happen on day two. Now, day Day, and I oh know my it is incredibly <laughs> amazing. Day three, guys, July 18th was an incredible day. So Tuesday, the spiritual attacks were strong. The enemy was mad. The enemy was mad. Let me tell you how mad. There was a windstorm that came up out of nowhere, laid down a section of, of chairs in the tent, just completely knocked them over. Uh, the gusts were so strong that, that these massive poles that are actually anchored to the ground, it lifted the front part of the tent and set it back down. Um, I know I was being attacked spiritually on Tuesday and even Mario himself, the one thing that I'd never heard him say before, um, you know, and, and if he has said it before, I, I it's not one that I've watched him do because I tend to watch his, his tent meetings. But the one thing he said when he came out was, you know, I'm hearing before I step on stage, you know, Catherine Mullins is out here just bringing worship and just like ushering in the, the Holy Spirit to be present in the place and to expect this giant move. And yet Mario's backstage hearing the devil speak clearly to him there aren't going to be miracles tonight there aren't going to be salvation tonight there aren't going to be healings tonight you're not going to see a move of god in this tent today and mario's response 
<laughs> was amazing. He gets up on stage, he shares that story. And he's like, you know, and I am more determined ever now to to prove him wrong and to see what God's going to do in this tent today. Because I know the devil's a liar and I know that God's going to move in a mighty way in this tent. And so again, um, Mario, this whole time typically doesn't get off, get off the stage unless um you know he's called you out in a group of folks and you're refusing to stand up or whatever like he's not afraid to get down at that point and, like go grab you and call you out like hey god said stand up so you can receive your healing why is your butt in that chair get up and if you're not getting up mm -hmm. he'll get you but this night this night the holy spirit fell on the entire place the anointing was present everywhere and mario got off the stage with such intensity because the holy spirit was prompting him in such a way that he went section by section in the tent calling out sickness calling out disease calling out mental health issues and seeing people by the hundreds on tuesday night get healed or touched by god in some way everybody under the tent whether they were healed or not they received something that night under the tent because the holy spirit fell and fell hard and and again that was the night uh, night three was the night that chris is back um, I partnered with a uh, friend, John, I mentioned earlier, we partnered together and again, just went at Chris's back hard in the spirit and actually saw the, the pain completely removed. You know, he was walking better, moving better, stretching, bending, um, even had some, uh, some things that he confessed in his life that, you know, he'd been partnering with some shame and some guilt on. And so received freedom in that as well. And, and at the end of that night, um, not only did we see all these healings and miracles, signs and wonders, but also 255 people came to Christ that night at the altar call. And so again, just an incredible night, even amongst the spiritual attacks coming at the tent, coming at Mario, I was kind of in a whole way the entire evening. Um, so really Tuesday was interesting and yet still um, seeing even under attack and, and partnering with God to, to participate in you know, prayer for Chris's healing with his back and actually seeing that. And, um, you know, just again, was also blessed that evening. Um, I had a parent come up and, and just, uh, compliment me on how amazing Ethan is, uh, because he had actually been out and, and playing with some kids outside the tent and kind of ministering to them in a different way and, and just kind of pouring some love of Jesus into them. And so it was really interesting to see, uh, Ethan doing that. And then to have a couple parents recognize that and be like, Hey, your kid's amazing. Just, you know, um, and so again, just God blessing me through that kind of a thing. Um, so day three was incredibly powerful. Um, Lily actually, opted not to tent that day right and was at uh pgp here at the house uh mm -hmm. we we have a prophetic group that meets here at the house we've talked about it on the show before and so prophetic gathering place that's right so pgp mm -hmm. met um at the same night because there were some folks that weren't uh going to attend the tent so we wanted to to uh, basically hold the meeting in case, you know, th those folks wanted to show up and still wanted the pouring into that happens there. And so there he is. And so, did so I hear my, prophetic gathering place. We, we oh. did. We talked about <laughs> prophetic gathering place. And uh, so, yeah, that, yes, sir. that happened on Tuesday night. And interestingly enough, um, some things that 
because I was being attacked, I was trying not to to really speak much where Ethan was concerned because I know sometimes when I'm feeling a certain kind of way, I cannot always be pleasant. And so I'm trying to learn from my mistakes and and grow and and change some patterns in my life. And so I'd chosen not to speak to Ethan, but in doing that, then he got hurt and felt a certain kind of way and misinterpreted my silence on some things. And so it was interesting how in a moment where Ethan was needing something and having a, a small breakdown and actually in tears, that how quickly I was able to to cast off the spiritual attack and flip into dad mode and like to just immediately disregard everything that Satan was throwing at me in that moment. Just be like, you know what? No, sorry. I can't deal with you. I got to deal with my kid and I need to pour into my kid. And so uh, while it was unfortunate how that whole series of events happened, I'm thankful for it because again, I got to like step out of the stuff that was coming at me and just completely like disregard the enemy in such a way of like, you know what? I can't, I got, I got no time for you. I got no room for you. I need to deal with Ethan. And so I was very thankful for how night uh, three turned around. And again, just seeing God move in such a way where Mario's off the stage, just section by section by section by section, um, seeing hundreds of people healed. It was incredible. Um, even amongst the attacks, I can't just, I can't praise God enough for, for how that looked. Um, so rolling into day four where, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold okay. on, mister. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I know I wasn't at the tent that night, but, but, but <laughs> I wanted to share this. So on Monday night, Mario had told us, instructed us to fast and pray for night. Oh, yes. Yes. Now, at first, when he said that, me and my buddy, Steve Connor, you know, Steve's been on this podcast before. He shared his testimony. Check it out. It's amazing. He was actually healed at the last tent revival. We kind of made a joke like, "Um, do you have time to eat every meal of the day? And I'm like, no, do you? And he's like, no. So I guess we're fasting. So we kind of made a joke about it. But I know people in that tent took it seriously. Mark 9.29 says, Then Jesus said to them, This kind cannot come out. This kind being a type of demon cannot come out by anything but by prayer and fasting. And what's so special about that night, Tuesday, is that people did pray and fast. So though I wasn't there, I was still praying and fasting. And another thing I want to bring up is sometimes God will have you miss on the main event. He will have you miss out on the main event and do something that may not seem like what he would normally have you do. Let's just say it like that. So I know when I told people, Ashley, I won't be here tomorrow night. I'll be attending a friend's Bible study. They're like, really? You're missing the 10 crusade for a Bible study? That could that happens weekly, and then I explain it. Yes, I, <laughs> yes, I am because God told me to. And they're like, "Oh, okay." Because these people who asked me that knew me. It's like, okay, I was not gonna ask any more questions. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, like instead of going to the whole main event sin crusade, we gathered for a Bible study. Now, God may not always have you do the main event. Sometimes He'll have me. <laughs> Sometimes God has had me miss street evangelizing to get together with a friend. And that may not seem very Christian of me or very evangelist of me, but it's what God tells me to do. And here's the thing. If God tells you to visit with a friend and not to go out on the street and minister, but to pour into that friend, then pouring into that friend is more ordained and sacred to him than street evangelizing for you in that moment. And that's just the way it is. Because if 
you don't do what God tells you to do, but do something that maybe the church wants you to do, or maybe fellow believers want you to do. I don't care how many good Christians say, well, you got to be here the third night, or you got to be here for the tent crusade. It's only going to be in town a couple more days. You got to follow God. Yes. And sometimes that doesn't even look like exactly what your family, your parents, your friends, your church people, your church, your volunteer headship is telling you to do. It can be a little intimidating. It wasn't really intimidating to me because I knew who I was following, though. So I wanted to throw that in there. That's so good. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Michael, thoughts? Yeah, the, the entire week of the tent was, um, you could you could sense the spiritual warfare in the entire city. I know because I drive the entire city for work. So it was an entirely different atmosphere. Um, uh, the warfare that was just spoken about was comprehensive. Uh, it was a carpet bombing from the enemy for many different families, different situations, uh, felt this in different ways and different effects. All of it was negative. When the carpet when the carpet bomb from the enemy ha- happens, it's not like you get you know a million dollars in the mail. No, no, no. It was all every single bit of it was negative. And I mean, if you if you're dealing with depression, you're heavily depressed. If you're fighting temptation, you're heavily tempted. Like it was. Uh, if if you're having family issues, the whole family was having family issues. Um, everyone who was aware of what was going on was also aware of different random problems that just don't normally happen. Normally, you know, certain things in your life are trustworthy, like your house or your car. Um, and, and you're having house problems and car problems. You're having, you know, a drama that doesn't necessarily always happen. And it's happening at that moment, along with everyone else having it happen at that moment. So that was a powerful uh, and obnoxious, in a way, um, type of happening. Um, Heath was mentioning that he received an upgrade in one of these nights. And, and I, I was aware of many people receiving upgrades. What I, sound, what I mean by that is the sounds coming out of their entire souls, their entire person sounded different. Um, the Lord touched the entire church. Um, it, it, was mo- it was it was just as much for that uh, the church is gathered and, and for church people as it was for uh, new believers. Um, and so I hope that message really just rings out um, that the Lord is a gift giver and He loves lavishing gifts on His kids. And and Christians, we need to disciple. Uh, Open up your hearts to the Lord. Ask Him for those appointments. Ask Him to bring the right person to you um, so that you can go through the scriptures um, as, together, that you can um, live life together, that you have um, a watch on their needs um, with your money and your time and maybe your treasure and, and maybe your property. And yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, how crazy, how audacious of us to do that, right? I mean, like, <laughs> like what are we, like living sacrifices? So um, I, I, I have a spirit about this in this way. I, I feel a little uh, zesty, if you will, because I'm thankful for all the salvations. But I, 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 I know that the Lord desires um, obedient sheep, uh, that, that, that if a little lamb walked up to the club, you know, what are you going to do, kick the little lamb away? You know, and just because that little lamb is maybe a little bit more weird, or maybe it's black and you're white, black sheep, white sheep, 
you're going to kick that little lamb away. Like the Lord just literally birthed that lamb. The good shepherd actually was just birthing that lamb. And, and you're the adopted parents for this, this little thing. So just really be cognizant uh, in the season of upgrades and, and new salvations. There's also new families. There's also new relationships. Uh, God, God moved in different, many different, many, uh, dimensional, uh, ways. Um, it was an evangelism intent of it, but it was evangelism more dimensions that I don't even think, I don't think everyone is aware of. Uh, it, it supersedes denominational, uh, engine governors. It supersedes, um, what everybody might be looking for. You know, if your if your expectations are on a numbers game for this tent event, you might have been a little disappointed compared to last year's tent event. You know, it's not three thousand salvations, and you know, I don't know, I don't know, not as many warring spirits being sawn in the uh, seen in the clouds. Um, not as much righteous possession of a of a popular evangelist, but. People are being risen up and discipleship needs to be happening and is happening. People are getting upgrades. People are being sent out into their God-given mission field. People are given um, keys of authority. People are um, people are, be- are being told, well done, good servant. You're in charge of five cities. You're in charge of three cities. You're in charge of 10 cities. And the people who put bury their talents in the ground, they're not getting anything. Right. And that I saw that many times over at this tent. Well, and your your statement there is just a reminder that that God loves to do these things, but he often doesn't do them the same way twice. And I think that's a another lesson takeaway from from this last week there. That, you know, there was some expectation to see some of these things and there was some things to have some similarities as last year. And yet, you know, while there was miracle signs, wonders, healing, salvations, there was so much more that happened. There were so many different things that happened that weren't part of that initial expectation. Um, and I think that's the fun thing that I'm, as I'm just contemplating all that happened last week that, you know, God really does show up in a different way than you expect. And there's going to be things that you're not seeing that are going to come out of left field, but they're going to touch you in such a way that you have no choice, but to have more faith. You have no choice, but to have more praise and worship. You have no choice, but to not ever be able to get this song out of your head because you've heard it for a week. Um, You know, it just really um, was so different expectation wise than than I could have ever possibly imagined and and just realizing you know on day 4 how much that God had poured into me, not even expecting to receive. I was going expecting to give and to witness and to testify what he had done. And instead I'm being poured into and I'm being uplifted and I'm being upgraded. I'm being edified and all these things that like I didn't see coming at all, you know? And, and so, so day four, like brings another rain and hailstorm that wipes out you know, another section of the tent that like floods that we can't sit people there. Um, wipes out some of the the vendor booths behind the the. Uh, yeah, I expound on the flooding. Yeah, go part. ahead. There was so much mud that people were taking small construction machines to drag back the mud right. that had formed with this flooding rain, and like it took many men on the job trying to direct traffic. So much, literally digging into the ground to pull out the mud. Mud. 
it was messy, you guys. My shoes got a little dirty, just saying. <laughs> right. Anyways, go but, on, Heath. <laughs> but yeah, so so again, this whole thing comes at us unexpected because it wasn't in the forecast that we were supposed to get rain. And yet here came the rain and the hail. And then almost if like God knows what he's doing, the rain just oh. stopped at three o'clock. Funny how that works. Yeah, I know, right? You don't expect that almost at all. Like Spo- God spoiler is alert. Sovereign. Huh. <laughs> right? You know, Weird. three o'clock. Sovereign. Three o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> three three o'clock, the literally the storm stops. It's like a minute to three. It's just like done. It's out of there. Rainbow in the sky. Um a, a wind to kind of help dry some of the the ground and remove some of the water that just was outpoured. Um, and that was kind of fun to witness too and to think about now that like, oh, that was kind of convenient that that wind was there. At the time, it was kind of obnoxious. But now that I'm looking, I'm like, ha, ah, divine purpose. Hello. Um, you know, and and seeing again, all these, these strangers come together to start to repair what that storm had broken, you know, with these auxiliary tents and the, the seating sections. And as Lily was saying, you know, the equipment equipment to be brought in to to pull out some of the mud and yeah. the muck to help dry the ground and trying to restore some of the merchandise too you right. guys like sand struck hard yeah and really sudden you know and again to see how all of that happened to get the tent ready for as people start to pour in Catherine Mullins comes and like I don't know she got some kind of worship upgrade from Tuesday to Wednesday night because this woman was legit on fire and you know you thought she was bouncy and energetic before oh no 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 there was a whole new level of that I hadn't seen before and just ushering in um an incredible atmosphere uh and welcoming in the Holy Spirit through worship and again to see 134 people receive Christ that evening to see the Holy Spirit fall on people and to see you know again people rising out of wheelchairs and pulling off oxygen masks and tossing away walkers and you know being able to to really uh, well I can't remember the one guy it was an older guy but they they prayed for him and he had some kind of something wrong with it like many things wrong and just watching real time as a lot of these things that he's struggling with disappearing and him being able to walk walk and move and just have a new sense of freedom in his life, being free from the sickness and the disease and the things that were coming against him. And again, a- another opportunity for me to to brag on, you know, Ethan and his servant heart. You know, he sees all this stuff just destroyed and he immediately goes out and just starts helping and plugging into where he can help. And, you know, because it's the last night of the tent, so they're going to pack up all the chairs and things. And so he, you know, is this is this nearly 15-year-old boy starts guiding you know the equipment that's coming in to lift some of these chairs up onto the semi and he's actually helping direct people to where to get chairs and where to put chairs and count racks and all these things and seeing him take on this responsibility and having um uh this man from inner city action come up and just you know say hey are you his dad and if so you know you're doing an amazing job with his kid and we love him so much and we'd love to take him with us actually if you know he's free to go um he can come to la with us he can come to the next event with us because his heart was just in the place of, I I see damage from the enemy and I see these people struggling in a way to try to help fix it. So how can I plug in? How can I fix it? So again, just seeing God honor me in that way with, with how um, raising your kid right and being an influence, being a present parent, um, an intentional parent, um, 
you know, because again, I'm not seeking the accolades or anything like that, but I think this testimony is important too from a parent perspective because it's important to what you're feeding into your kids, what you're pouring into them. Are you pouring abuse and neglect and, and negativity? Are you speaking negative words about your kids? Are you recognizing all their failures and never letting them forget it? Or are you speaking life? Are you speaking blessing? Are you speaking the word? Are you exposing them to this is what it looks like to love God and to be a reflection of Jesus on earth? And so, so in that moment, um, it was really amazing. And as, as I'm recounting this now, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit touch me that, you know, God just again poured into me in that moment of blessing me for what my son was doing and having these people recognize how amazing his heart is and how amazing he was in that moment from the moment the rain stopped until we're ready to leave at, you know, what was it, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, maybe later that evening. Um, and, and just recognizing how um, he saw a need and filled a need and, and just loved like Jesus in that moment, even though he was tired and exhausted at the end of it. He still wasn't letting that stop him and deter him from from being what was needed in that moment. And so I just I thank God for for every story, for every testimony, for every witness that I was able to do, but also the outpouring that he did into me these four nights. And just to again spend time with with Lily and her family and to spend time with Michael on the fourth night and you know, Michael at lunch on uh, on Sunday, because uh, we all went to lunch together and and just to to be, you know, with friends and family and to also, you know, through through this other relationship story, see our own family grow because we have a family here through Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries and the prophetic gathering place and these things that we're involved in that we've, you know, God's used us to start and to build into. We have these families here and to see our family grow this week was amazing and to be a part of origin stories, to be a part of, of healing within our family, to be a part of um, so many amazing things that God did this last week. Um, you know, I don't know that there are words that I can say that are going to give God the glory and the praise that I feel in my heart in this moment as I'm looking back uh, and sharing this testimony with you guys um, on the show here. Like I, my words don't do it justice. And I know that's weird because, you know, I, I kind of speak for a living here on the show and that's what I do. And to, for me to have a moment where I don't have words and where I think my words don't do justice is, is a rare thing, as you guys know. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody else, somebody else take the mic. I'm going to shut up for a minute. Well, am I here? by default (laughs) (laughs) no No. okay Uh, I wasn't sure Michael was going to say something but I was going and jump on it so uh, last night wow I just I keep when I was asking God throughout he's rambling and rambling I was kidding (laughs) Uh, when I was asking God what to say about the last night he just kept on saying the seal on what I did throughout the rest of the week it was just the seal and that's exactly what it felt like you guys because some things I had been praying for in my own life truly came to such beautiful resolution um, in which one friendship of mine which had seemed to end in a very divisive and resentful and just sad way was restored by God. And, um, you know, we were able to speak to each other again and hear the love of God in each other's voices and no longer let the situation that had divided us divide us. Because though we had forgiven one another, we weren't speaking to each other and saying love that we weren't speaking to each other. And he loved that is still awkward whenever we saw each other at church. And he 
loved how we looked at our feet when we were walking past each other instead of looking at each other. He loved that so much. He loved that division. And we both knew it. And we were both fed up with saying winning. So we were able to converse with each other. Like we were friends again because we became friends again. Not just us, but our families. And that was so beautiful and surprising to me. Even though I had a dream where it would happen, it was so beautiful and surprising to me, you guys. It was surprising um, to the rest also, of us, too, just so you're aware. Yeah, it blew my mind. <laughs> we, were, we were standing there watching that happen, and Michael's like, hey, did you see that? And I'm like, yeah, like my eyes are like this big. Like, what is going on right now? Because it was yeah. so unexpected yeah. like just how god did that in that moment yeah and like it all came about um uh the friend of mine walked up to me when i was just picking up chairs and i was turned around trying to carry as many chairs as michael was carrying which wasn't very possible for me but i tried <laughs> and circling, i turn and i hear shut up <laughs> I heard someone say my name, and I turned around, and it was this person. And we were just able to converse and catch up and say I'm sorry and explain our perspectives and the way we saw each other and the way we saw ourselves through all of this, what we were thinking and how we were praying for one another, actually. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful to witness that level of reconciliation. Um, also, considering... It's a miracle, just, honestly. Yeah. It was my own little miracle. Big miracle, not little. No, it was a, mir it was a miracle to yeah. me too. Yeah, to yeah. me three. Not going to yeah. lie. Because this division, it, it kind of affected all of us. The way Satan was trying to kinda. distort it. The way Satan was just you trying to distort it and amplify it more and more. It was so disgusting and sickening. But I remembered the dream I had when it first happened. I knew we were going to be reconciled. I just didn't know when. But that came about late at night um, when putting up chairs and the event was over. The tent was over. God moved. God was still moving. After Mario Morello had already left with his security team, God was still moving. He's not done. Um, my dad was also touched by God. That was that was honestly funny to see. And when I say funny, I don't mean ha ha in a make fun way or even jocular. But I just mean it made me full of joy to see my dad get touched by the Holy Spirit because my mother and I and another man was praying for him and I anointed him and he is kind of like stumbled back, kind of drunk, <laughs> like he didn't just fall or faint, but he is like step back on the chair is kind of drunk and it was so beautiful to see how god touched him and how he received that in such a transparent and candid way he wasn't afraid of what it looked like he just fell back because he knew god was touching him and i have no choice but to fall back that's amazing yeah seeing that in your family so beautiful and also um several other people and divine connections were made you know and got to run into so many good new friends and old friends, you know? And I'm so grateful for that. So it was just a seal on what God had done throughout the week. You know what I mean? Right. It was just a seal. And it's not completely closed, envelope sealed. <laughs> it's like signed, sealed, delivered, still going. <laughs> right. This envelope is still going and it's still on its journey to reach a smell. I'm trying to like continue this metaphor. It's not working out too well. Still on this journey <laughs> to meet its mailbox, right? Right. Like Philippians 1 6. 
I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began this work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Though that little envelope of what happened at the tent was sealed, there's still so many more packages, and he's going to finish this work. And it's all on its way to the day of Jesus Christ. There. I finished the metaphor. Okay, it actually awesome. makes sense. I'm proud. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back yeah. in here really quick. I know Michael's got some things to say, but like, I just got like smashed by the Holy Spirit. I've got to say this, I, and I can't hold it in any longer. I'm sorry. Um, a message that I'm, that I'm hoping that you're hearing in this particular episode is the message of, but God, you know, uh, you, you traveled all this way to get healed. Um, you didn't know how you're going to do it. You didn't know the, how you're going to swing it financially, whatever, but God, God showed up. Um, you don't, you know, you've got, you just got diagnosed with, with cancer. I just want to remind you, but God, you know, you, you're not sure how you're going to put, uh, food on the table, you know, but God, and so just really the, this this message that I'm hearing in my head is just, but God, but God, you know, there there's there's always things that are going to come up that say he's going to throw against you to to um, dissuade you or to discourage you or to get you down or sidetrack you. But the 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 takeaway there is, but God, God is still present. God is still active. God is still moving. And so no matter what you're facing, you need to approach it from the standpoint of, but God, I have this relationship with God. And so this this financial issue, but God, this health issue, but God, because again, he has the ability to instantaneously remove that, to instantaneously uh, change your circumstance, to um, turn that around for, for his purpose and his glory, but also to just outpour into you and to give you testimony, to give you other things uh, that you may need. And so um, I, I'm really hoping that over the last you know a little bit of time with us that you're hearing, but God. Yes, there was a huge rainstorm, but God showed up. Yes, I was under attack. Mario was under attack. All these people were under attack on Tuesday, but God. But God showed up so hard in that moment and changed everything. And so, guys, I know there are some out there, and I feel it so strongly right now, that there are some that are struggling, that some are facing some of these moments. I need you to remember, but God. Jesus is still on the throne. The Bible is alive and working. It's a now word, a now moment. And so you need to remember, but God in your life, because he is the final say in everything. In the battle, the victory, it's already over. It's already won. You have that and you need to partner with him in it. Stop focusing on the problem. Stop focusing on the negative stuff. Stop focusing on the things that the enemy's throwing at you and focus your attention on God because God is going to deliver because you had the faith to say, here's the situation, but God. Okay, Michael, what do you got? An uh, Acts, Peter, after a series of experiences with God on his friend's rooftop waiting for the food to be prepared, he was really hungry and he fell into a trance. The Lord laid down uh, a sheet full of not-so-tasty animals to Peter. See, because Peter was a Jew, and he, he, you know, he thought he was uh, holier than thou, uh, than the Gentiles. But God was saying, kill and eat, and uh, take this iguana. You know, the Jews aren't allowed to eat iguanas. You know, take this iguana, kill and eat. You know, kill and eat all these unclean animals. This happens a few times over. Um, it's a message to Peter that the Gentiles uh, have access to the same salvation that he has uh he goes 
to Caesarea and he enters this house and he gives this message and he's interrupted and a second day of Pentecost essentially happens for that Gentile congregation there that was desperate to listen to Apostle Peter. And, you know, I that that story changed my life um, years ago and I, I repented of being stuck in my life in certain ways and, and then the Lord transformed me in an experience I had with him. And he, he interrupted my life and he told me some things that changed my life forever. Um, and, you know, the title of this episode is called Sharing is Caring. And if God didn't share with me that message that day that changed my life, I'd still be stuck or on a different path. Um, when God heals, when God sets free uh, that transgender or that gay man. Um, is that going to be tough for you? Um, are you going to still be able to love them? You know, when they get, uh, they finally receive that life changing news that speaks to the very soul and they, and they, they go hard after God. Um, that's what's happening all around us. And, and I just speak that out over uh, everyone listening and everyone's uh, world on the islands that we're being listened to, the different continents we're being listened to, Canada. Yeah. Who knew? You guys were there all along. Uh, <laughs> we were. <laughs> we, 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 we were not looking at another set of analytics. So we apologize to our Canadian friends that you're there, but we didn't know you were there. So we thank you for being there. <laughs> exactly. Um, guys, so what happened when Peter's at this house is the Holy Spirit interrupts them and a second day of Pentecost happens. Holy Spirit interrupts. Yeah. And so be baptized and be saved. Um, yeah, there's there's people being touched right now by a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, Praise God. You know, even if even if I say that and, and the, the air starts to get charged and the tension is in your office, your living room, on your pillow, on your bed, in your entire car, put out your hand and say, I believe you're here. Touch me. And he is and he will. And I even see a back aligning, you know. Someone's getting not crooked, getting straightened out. I see a neck getting unjarred. Bob, this one's for you, buddy. Believe in the Lord. Bob, that just has the sound on it just for you that you needed. I'm hearing more names. <laughs> I sense the entire Christian Canada is going through so much. That's not a word of knowledge wouldn't have told us that. We we're already aware of that. But I sense God's heart for the persecution going on in Canada. I also sense there's some loud goats. There's some loud goats. I hear Canada come forth. Come forth, Canada. The Lord has so much for you. And the doorway into what you have is stepping into your closet. Just like Lucy Pevensey stepped into a spare oom. <laughs> Into that, into that wardrobe, and her life was changed forever. There's a whole different dimension, uh, gifts, friends, uh, a whole different wardrobe for you uh, in the secret place. And it's like I saw people's closets all over Canada light up. There's an open national invitation for a closet meeting in Canada tonight or whenever you're hearing this. Mm, that's so good. What are you hearing, Lily? Mm. So um, this scripture has been on my heart all week, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. And so those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, clothe yourselves in love, which is the perfect bond 
of unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So I've prophesied this recently, and I'm led to prophesy it over our audience, our listeners. Change your wardrobe. Mm. Replace that spirit of fainting with the mantle of praise, like Isaiah 61 says. Replace bitterness with forgiveness and hatred and strife with love because love covers all transgressions as proverbs 10 12 says so if you've been wearing hatred love covers that up it dissolves that material of hatred on your skin so you will feel love against your skin and the world will see you clothed in it so i just loose that word over each listener right now in jesus name i loose that wardrobe change let the fabric of hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness be unwoven and destroyed and burnt in the fire so you can be adorned with love which covers all transgressions in Jesus' name. And I'm just so grateful to testify to my God with you guys. That's really my final thought. I'm so grateful to be able to testify to my God for you guys. And I'm so grateful for the freedom to do so. As Galatians 5.1 describes, is for freedom. He has set us free. So, That's really good, yeah. Molly. That's so good. Thank you. Um, Michael, any final thoughts? And then I'm going to ask you to pray us out. I just I felt the prompting of the Spirit that you had a, a real-time word for us as we go to pray out and move into um, the next set of the, the show here, or the next segment, I guess, is the word I was looking for. Yeah, as to the men listening, um, we're looking at some demographics, and um, we saw that we have a large uh, male portion of the audience. Uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, I see ancient muskets, tried and true, revolutionary, metaphorical, spiritual muskets in closets. With lots of shot and lots of amp, uh, that is shot. Lots of gunpowder. Um, it's it's for what your family needs, you know. So you know, in in a couple hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, you know, the musket was hung over the fireplace. It was a a symbol of family uh, protection, uh, and people were trained with you know firearms, and and they still are today. But men, there's there's a surprise for that that, that time with the Lord in the closet, in the in the secret place, and. Uh, I see a, a musket ready, ready to use. Um, and the way I know the Lord to download certain things to you, He does give you option, uh, time to practice spiritual things in your walk with Him. Yeah, and it's almost like y- you will know how to, uh, how to, and where to shoot uh, the musket that you receive from the Lord in the closet. Um, there's breakthrough. There's family protection. It's something to hang over the hearth, and it's given to you by God. That's this musket comes from God, you know. Uh, it's a family heirloom. Okay, I, I'm speaking spiritual, metaphorical, and I trust that the Lord is talking to the men. Um, yeah, and I see young guys, you know, practicing with their dads, mm. and and so there's a move. There's a move of manly discipleship uh, as far as our our uh, voice and Lord, you control the amp of this voice but as far as our voice goes there's there's muskets in closets and young boys looking up to young uh father figures older father figures younger father figures and it's time to uh experience the power and the kick of the lord in real time together whether you you love the prophetic and you love uh pinpoint accurate words that change people's lives and and reflect the true nature of God and the gospel, whether you are an evangelist, whether you eat up God's word and you love teaching God's word, uh, there's a raising up anointing with these muskets. 
and it's about family. It's about uh, the father passing down an heirloom, uh, these tried and true muskets and solid gunpowder, right? Solid. It hasn't been tampered with. It's not too old to use. Uh, solid rifled uh, rifles and shot. And um, the Lord isn't giving us machine guns because the days of spray and pray are over. The days of um, lots of words, uh, praying that we hit the target is over. Uh, he's raising up. This is also a raising up of, of snipers, uh, sniper, sniper rifleman itself, but also the spotter right next to the sniper and, and uh, with all the backup that that uh, teammate brings. And so this is the raising up of sniper sniper rifles, and and you're starting out with with the family heirloom. And if you continue on this path of faith with the Lord, he, he's going to bring you the Barrett 50 cal. That's on that's on the way. Keep on going with the Lord. These are all spiritual metaphorical things. If you have, already have a Barrett 50 cal, great. Um, we're talking about a spiritual anointing of shooting proper uh, words or or powerful evangelism or. Um, powerful teachings that are dead on accurate so dead on accurate you'll start to see this as you as you practice with your with your young guy and i do see young girls also too but as you practice with your family whether it's spiritual family or it's blood family blood and spiritual family uh, we're talking about accurate from hundreds of yards away hitting a big toe hitting a big toe hitting hitting a, a small fruit from that 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 is the expectation of the lord uh his, his word does not return void. Uh, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Not void and perfect. Not void and perfect. That's a bullseye. So so right now, Lord, um, we just thank you for your family heirlooms. We thank you for the family business. We thank you. Uh, I'm even reminded of, you know, the Roman soldiers coming to collect you after you're betrayed. And you ask these people, who are you here for? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And when you say, I'm he, they all get knocked over. And, and they get up from being knocked out. And, and the scene repeats. And you say, I am he. And they get knocked over again. Lord, I'm thankful that that's the God I serve. That even before the cross, there was this vision of who they're trying to take away to kill. Who actually? And Lord, you, you bless us with not waste your time anointing and spiritual gifts. Lord, let us not waste your time. Let us not waste our time, but let us not waste your time with what you've given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, guys, I I thank you both for, for joining us tonight. I thank our listeners who've tuned in. And I, I've been hearing it for the last little bit. I know that there are a couple of folks, and I, I don't have an exact number, but I know there's at least two of you for sure, that are that have tuned into this episode for, for reasons you don't know. Um, it's not by accident that you're here. And I'm literally about to make you the best offer of your life. I'm about to extend to you the biggest opportunity of your life. Um, this part of our program is one of my favorites um, because it gives you the opportunity to to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, there's and, and I've and I felt this even before today um, coming into this broadcast that that there was somebody that really um, has just struggled and has recognized that they are so caught up in sin and hopelessness and despair in their life that they they don't think that there's any possible reason why God would love them or want to have a relationship with them. And I can tell you that's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie straight from the pit of hell because 
whatever you're going through, whatever you're you're facing, um, there's there's nothing that that would separate you from from God's love for you and His desire to to want to have a relationship with you. So I pray today is the day that you you hear this clearly that you can have that relationship, you can have that freedom. Um, has been a theme for the the days of the tent and several cents that there's freedom in knowing Him and I just I just want you to pray this prayer with us. And so unless you're driving, um, you know, I, we're just going to ask that you, you, you close your eyes and bow your head. Um, and if you're driving, of course, you can still say the prayer along with us. We're going to say it with you so you're not doing it alone. Um, because again, it's all about relationship and we want to foster those as well. And, and so just repeat after me and, and it, you know who you are. Don't, don't be stubborn. This is your moment. This is your time. And I'm thankful that you're listening to us and, and, participating in this moment. So repeat after me, dear God. Dear God. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've sinned. But I believe that I believe that Jesus died in my place. That Jesus died in my place. And God, you raised him from the dead. And God, you raised him from the dead. So Jesus. So Jesus. I confess that you are Lord. I confess that you are Lord. Please be the Lord of my life. Please be the Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. Give me the power to follow you. Amen. Now, the one thing that we didn't Amen. talk about earlier is that, you know, you say that prayer and immediately there is a celebration in heaven. Heaven is erupting every time someone says yes. There is a huge party in your honor uh, because you made this decision. And right now it's not about addressing your sin. It's not about addressing anything you may or may not have done or unforgiveness or whatever it is. It's about relationship with God and plugging into him more and more. And so, of course, we we believe that you said that prayer, excuse me, that you were born again, that you now have entered into new a new change in your life, um, new relationship with him. And we want to share in that with you. Um, you know, obviously we want you to share it with somebody. Don't just keep it to yourself that you made this decision. If you have no one to share it with, you can share it with us. You can write us at prayer at rmrr.live and we would be more than happy to celebrate with you, to welcome you to the family. I've got a little gift I can email to you, um, just some encouragement and some things. And, and of course, um, recommend that the next step after that, and you hear me say it all the time on this show, that you know, get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church because we want to make sure that you are getting the discipleship that you need, that you're getting the scripture feedback eating that you need. You know, you're getting that meat and potatoes, not just some milk in your diet. You're getting the the good stuff that you need to grow closer to Jesus and to walk out your walk with him, to learn the giftings that you have and the way that God can can flow through you and use you. And so we want to partner with you in that. If you if you don't know where that church is in your area, please write me at host.heath at rmr.live and I will be more than happy to spend some time with you to find a church that's going to fit your needs, that's going to fit, um, you know, the fulfillment that we want to see in you the partnership with you to to walk in this decision and i and again i know somebody made this decision today and so i thank you for that and and 
heaven is just thanking you for that. I felt it as we were praying. Um, I felt that that you were making that decision, and so thank you. Um, we welcome you. We love you, and um, we're here if you need someone. And and again, the 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 contact forms are there. You guys know that. Um, I've given it here. I'll, it's in the show description below. If you need someone to reach out to, you can reach out to us. We'd be more happy to pray with you, to celebrate with you, to encourage you, whatever it is you need. We're more than happy to do that with you. And and just know that all of heaven, all of heaven is rejoicing right now because of your decision. And with that, guys, um, thank you to each and every one for tuning in today, joining us today, uh, spending time with us and just kind of letting us brag on God a little bit and it, our evaluation of look what he's done this last week. And as a reminder, of course, if you like today's show, the show's content, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your sisters, cousins, nephews, former roommate, because as the today's show title says, sharing is caring so sharing is caring share the show out like and subscribe um you know remember to check uh rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show uh what's going on uh in the ministry um new releases all those kinds of things news things we're putting those up there like and subscribe we talked about that and support for you guys to do that because again we're moving to where we want to go live and actually get the interaction with you guys and so uh you guys liking and subscribing and following and all those things that we ask you to do that literally take just a couple seconds seconds to click that button uh, is to help us uh, present better content to you. And of course, guys, we also recommend to follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Truth It's all out there. You all know it. Um, but again, there are stuff that we post there on occasion that doesn't make it to the website. So if you want to stay plugged in, check us out on all the things. And podcast listeners around the globe, thank you for making this a global ministry and for just tuning in. And again, as I was looking at analytics this morning and talking with Michael a little bit about some trends and things I was seeing, we thank you for for tuning in and and just uh you know spending time with us and the lord and and the opportunity to teach you and and uh, share some things with you that you might not be hearing locally and so thank you podcast listeners there is a listing down below if you don't want to see our faces and hey we get it we understand um but you know that listing will be down below as well on the website uh for all of our podcast providers and again as we mentioned before that the stitcher service is coming to a close soon so those that listen on stitcher are going to be transitioned over to pandora i believe or that's where they're going to be recommended to go, but there are other providers and there's a listing for that on uh, the, the page. And naturally, guys, if you um, you just feel blessed by this ministry and the things that we're providing, the content we're providing, the teachings we're giving, the the way that we're we're trying to outpour our love of God for you and to, to help you in your walk, and you feel led to donate to the ministry, there are links to do so on the website. There are... Uh, of course, the links down below in the show description. There's going to be some stuff popping up around Lily's chin. And um, of course, all donations are going to go to hosting fee software equipment. Um, there are some links on the new Tithely app. Well, I guess it's not new. We've had it for a minute. So on the Tithely app, guys, there are links to where you can specify where your donation's going to. So if you like the fact that a while back we had Mark Roby on or we had Donna Wilcox on and you want to you want to partner with those ministries, you can do that. Um, if you want to give to the general fund for us to use at our discretion to support other ministries or other outreaches as the Holy Spirit's directing us, you can fly 
flag it there. If you want to contribute to the, you know, building an equipment fund, you can do that. All those things are marked through that app. And so we really appreciate our partnership with Tithely and uh, being able to give you guys some more options for that. So there's that information that's going to pop up on your screen as well for that. And remember, guys, um, get yourself into a good Bible believing, Bible teaching, Holy Spirit led church, plug into groups and discipleship opportunities. If you're in Colorado Springs, because uh, we know we have a lot of listeners here in town and you, you've you got some questions about some things that are in the prophetic realm of things, uh, we'll extend an invitation for you to join us on Tuesdays as we dive into Prophetic Gathering Place and dive into some uh, systematic uh, discipleship Bible study. And um, of course, guys, serve in any way you can. And again, we thank you for joining us. We hope you guys have a great week. And of course, be blessed. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.